the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control. This is A State of Control, episode 20, recorded Tuesday, May 26th, 2015. Not everybody gets a ribbon. This is A State of Control, the look at control and automation segment of the AV industry. My name is Tom Albright. I am your host with us, as always, is Mr. Steve Greenblatt, Chief Everything at Control Concepts. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to be back for another episode. Also with this is Mr. Rich Fergoza, my brother, my pal from uh, the West Coast. How are you, sir? Mellow Bay Area greetings. Doing good. I'm waiting for summer still here one of these days, so it's not quite the sunny California weather yet, but summer approaches. Summer is nigh. Brace yourself. Summer so. is nigh. The Giants have been playing some version of baseball the last couple months and a little bit, month or so. Good times. So, yeah. Good times. Got the got the got the new championship lettering jersey oh, uh, the other week. I don't even know why I bring that up. Um, <laughs> also with this is Chris Beckus. Uh, he is uh, from AMX uh, College of AMX. I almost said AMX University, the College of AMX. How are you, sir? Outstanding. Thanks for having me, Tim. Absolutely. And and a side note, completely self-serving. Chris uh, wrote a very interesting blog. Good lord, about six months ago, um, he uh, he was turned on to our little program uh, by actually by Steve, and he went back and listened to every single episode of AV Week, uh, and wrote a blog about it. So. It was cool. I liked it. It was neat. Consecutively. Consecutive. Yes, consecutively. Like he started it at episode zero, which technically that is what our, our first episode was called. Uh, Did you run out of like Netflix episodes or something? Stop you it! Sheesh. Like... <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones finished, and you had nothing else to do with your spare time. You know what? But now he knows all the inside jokes. Yes, <laughs> that was that was a lot that of was. Drive time. There's just a lot of drive time, so. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, he he lives in he lives in Florida, and he li- works at AMX in in Richardson. So you know, <laughs> lots of drive. All right. Last but not least, uh, Jeff Ashechik. Close. Yep. Yeah, pretty close. All right, director of training at Crestron. How are you, sir? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. So it, we've got two trainer guys, right? That's that's kind of what we're doing here today. Um, this was an interesting one because it's, uh, it stemmed off of uh, Crestron's masterclass, which was in April. Uh, AMX has their, had the, has their, uh, their VIP training um, the end of July. Actually, again, for those that don't know, uh, my full-time job is, is I'm director of operations for an independent programming house similar to what, what Steve does. No, we're not competitors. I'm in the Midwest. He's in the East Coast. Don't ask. You know, it's, it, we, we're pretty regionalized. But So one of my guys is... is uh, two classes away from a very super secret, uh, pretty cool uh, certification. He'll have that uh, at the end of that of that uh, event. So we started talking about these these things that were going on between Steve and I and and kind of our businesses. And we're like, you know what? Let's let's talk about training. All right? It's it's a it's an episode, something we haven't tackled before. Uh, interestingly enough, this is episode twenty of State of Control. Still haven't really you know touched on manufacturing specific training. We've touched on you know 
ways to get into the industry, ways, you know, some, some skill sets that you need, but we've never really tackled this specific part of, you know, AMX and Crestron specifically, obviously, other manufacturers have theirs as well. But uh, first and foremost, and Steve, we're going to talk, we'll kick it off with you because you not only had people there, but you yourself was, uh, you were part of, of, of master's training. Um, how important is it to you? Uh, because this is not, uh, it's not a cheap uh, endeavor. It's, it's an investment of time. It's an investment of money, really. Uh, so how important is it for, for you as an independent programmer to, to have these? So I, I think, first off, training is something that, that really gives you credibility and, and, and gives you some clout in the industry so you know you have you have to show your dedication to your manufacturers especially with people in our position um, it's important for us to to be able to to know that we have a strong relationship and 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 it and that that relationship goes goes in both directions but if we're not trained at what we do and we're supposed to be experts at at programming uh, the, the 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 really the whole whole model falls apart and and not only do we need to know what others are being taught or what 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 is needs to be taught to us, but we also have to know what others are hearing. So we get into conversations a lot of times, and we're 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 speaking with customers, and and many times we need to be able to respond to the questions that they have based on what they're being taught. So we need to to not only learn what is the the technical nuts and bolts, but we also need to know the tips and tricks, and we also need to to know what what's forthcoming. And and uh, what what's in the future and what's being promoted, um, so I think all that is is super important. And and for my team, uh, these days they they really opt rather than to go to Infocom to go to training, so that they they can really spend the time learning and knowing, and being taught and being told what they want need to know, and be and learning it from from somebody who's technical. Uh, they they feel like they go to Infocom and they they really don't do necessarily the the sales thing. That's you know as you know the, the technical people will say. So so they they prefer to to really have conversations about something that they need to know and they need to know right away. And um, rather than than hearing about um, so, some some product concepts. So uh, it it really is their way of. Uh, you know, kind of their their uh, lifeline, let's say, to to uh, the manufacturers and to the rest of the industry. Well, and to Jeff, to that end, I mean, what's what's changed maybe in the last ten, fifteen years uh, in training for you know control programmers? Uh, because again, you know, we, we've talked about this a number of times. Many people have written about this. You know, fifteen years ago, most, if not in, if, if zero, uh, processors had a, a network port right um so you've got the network protocols you have the security issues you have all these other things so what's changed to make sure that the programmers are being kept up to date well well that's how you know, or why we came up with this whole master's program because you know guys like steve or myself would come through these levels of classes and then we wouldn't see him again. I mean, if he happened to have a relationship with someone at Crestron and, you know, we tell him, hey, by the way, this this thing is coming out, whatever this next thing is, um, it, you know, how else would he know about it? And so that's when it was decided well over, you know, 12 some odd years ago, uh, John Otteson and a few others got together and said, hey, why don't we have all these smart guys back once a year 
and just review stuff with them. Hey, this is new stuff that's coming out that you don't necessarily know, whether it's um, you know, programming concepts of we're doing stuff, whether we're now uh, how we're doing stuff with uh, Simple Sharp, you know, opening up a whole new programming language and methodology that no one else is uh, getting involved with or doing yet. So that, that was the idea because training is so important and these are the guys that we want you know, out there working, selling our stuff. So when someone sells our stuff, we want someone like Steve who's been into training and knows how important it is that he know he can answer those questions. He know what he knows what our staff does. And uh, especially with this last masters, um, I don't know how many people really noticed or or knew when they came to it of who the instructors were. I mean these were the design engineers, these were the ones that made the decision as to put a feature in, not to put a feature in, why something works, why something doesn't work. So, you know, if Steve said, hey, you know, this is great, but it doesn't do this, why not? You know, these were the guys that made those decisions to say, oh, no, that's coming, or we're not doing it, we're doing this instead, that, you know, they, they got that insight to meet everyone in engineering. Now, Steve, being in the Northeast, is is close to Crestron, so he's been able to meet a lot of these these people in there over the years, but, you know, someone out in, you know, the Midwest or West Coast, they didn't necessarily get that relationship. So it, it gets them to be in there to see uh, so that they know what we're doing and moving forward with what we're doing, that they give a, a preview of it. So they help them with their business, you know, so that they, they know what's coming. They're not having to wait until something like Infocom to see more of a sales spin. These, you know, have no sales, you know, or, you know on a, not, nothing, all technical. The, the deeper you can go, the more technical, the better. For, uh, for everyone attending. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, from you guys' standpoint, and, and uh, Jeff, you can jump in on this as well, uh, you guys do cover, obviously, product-specific, right? Because your, your products sure. do significantly different things, and uh, you guys do it different ways. Are there, you know, w what are some of the areas that you cover that aren't product-specific, that don't necessarily have, you know, an AMX or, you know, whatever uh, label on it, that they're just kind of, you know, general knowledge or deeper general knowledge for, for the industry? I think for a long time, at least it was my impression that we were kind of assuming the student would come to class with a certain level of industry knowledge. And that assumption wasn't always correct. Uh, and so we've, we've done recently is uh, in January, we released a core curriculum that really covers industry topics and it's not really focused on AMX uh, that much. There's one piece of that. Uh, I have seven different modules of, of that. Um, and only one of those is really kind of an AMX specific. But it's, it's almost a welcome to the industry uh, so that we're at least having a, an informative conversation that all parties understand what's being said in the classroom as well as just even in the workplace. Um, we saw that there was just a huge deficiency in, in terminology in terms of audio. Uh, when, when you talk to folks about this is a line level output versus a speaker level output, people were really struggling with that. And so I know that organizations like Infocom and CDA have fantastic classes, but it assumes you're a member and it assumes you have access to that. And I, I'm sure Jeff can agree that all of our students don't actually get access to that for whatever reason, uh, you know, in, in terms of their, their employer. Uh, who may or may not put in a, a, a level of importance on that. And so, uh, like Steve, I know, and you too, Tim, you guys put a lot of emphasis on training, but you're the minority, it would seem, at times. Uh, and so where a lot of folks in the industry are not. Um, so to your original question, what we're looking to do is, is kind of capture those uh, industry topics at a minimum, it's not meant to make anyone an expert, but it really it's just kind of to raise that baseline uh, so that when students are in class, they're having a much better experience in class because they know what we're talking about. 
So let me it, you can correct me because I'm I think I'm, I've gathered this. This is more uh, for your for your on demand type stuff, not necessarily in in the class, right? We made it a prerequisite to go to class. Okay, so you have to do this this to before you can ever get get into the classroom. Correct. Okay, and that makes because sense. What we really found, that, you know, I just had a conference with all the global instructors, and and really for the last uh, year since I've been involved with the training team, that's been their number one. Uh, challenge is, is really the, the level of preparation for a student coming into the classroom. Um, on one end of the spectrum, you have a student that is completely uh, qualified to be there, and they're probably a rock star in their own right. But the challenge is on the other end of the spectrum, you've got someone that may have just been handed a laptop, they've never seen it before, and they just got told, go to class, and they'll show you what to do with it. Uh, so very, very big continuum in, in terms of uh, the level of experience. And so when you have those two students in the same class, what tends to happen is even with a senior instructor who can really do great classroom management, uh, you're, you're going to find that the level of instruction is going to water itself down because they want to keep the class together and they're going to move along together. And, and so when you have that big of a disparity uh, in preparation, you're really finding that the, the experience for the person that did come prepared wasn't so great. And, and so what we want to do is really kind of elevate that experience across the board. And so that's really why we put that into place. And I have to say the uptake has been crazy. Uh, in less than 60 days, we've, we've, we hit our, our thousandth person to take the AMX test, right? The, the AMX essentials test. Uh, I didn't market it. I didn't tell anybody it was there. I just put it out there, put it as far as some renewal criteria and, and new people trying to register. And the adoption rate has been fantastic. And in the classroom, the instructors are saying essentially the, the folks that have been able to do the prerequisites are more prepared and they're finding that the class goes a lot smoother. So um, I didn't think that was going to be a challenge for us. Like I said, it was really an assumption going into it a year ago. Um, but really to address that, that experience that the instructors were describing, that's what we did. And I know other folks uh, are doing similar things. I know Extron has their AV Associate program uh, and it's intended to do the exact same thing. Uh, so there's other stuff in the industry, and Jeff, you, you want to tell us what you're doing. I'm sure you're doing some similar things, but that was a challenge that we saw, and that's what we're doing to solve it. Yeah, yeah we, we, we saw a very, very similar circumstances like what you had. You know, we, we had people coming in there like they're the proverbial rock star, and others were they got the laptop that morning and said, here, go, go, we'll figure it out. And, you know, we saw the same thing. And that's why one of the first things that I do when I took over is uh, entrance, you know, you got to pass a bar that you, you have to know something. You have to know what line level is or what speaker level or, or something. Nothing that they can't do and get over with. Like you said, you have, you know, something online that you have to do where it's open to anybody and everybody, not relying on them being a part of an organization of, you know, Infocom or Cedia. Because, you know, with Steve, like you say, you know, you, you, you are an exception, you know, with what you, what you do. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate, you know, all of it, we all appreciate it because there's a lot of dealers out there. And whether it's the, the dealer, it's the ownership, it's the, uh, the service manager, whoever, or the person themselves not being able to get that access to it. So even if you, you know, you got someone that wants to learn, they can't, there's no way for them to necessarily get in there. And, you know, that's why I like what you guys are doing is we're trying to do the same thing. How do you educate the industry? And even if it's not, you know, product specific, it's just general knowledge just to make them better, to make them better than to go to our dealer. So whether you've got ones coming, you know, fresh out of a trade school, high school, a college or something, that uh, you know, if they weren't the one pushing around the AV cart, they're now learning about the industry, you know, as a whole. Then come in and learn specific product, whether it's us or you or or whoever have you, uh, to help out, you know, our dealer base as well as yours, because we share a lot of you know commonalities. 
Sure. I, I feel that that industry knowledge is the building block, <laughs> and honestly, everything that we're going to teach them relies on that knowledge, right? It, it's it's totally predicated on them knowing certain foundational things, and so when we start talking about troubleshooting, no one operates in a vacuum, right? And, and so you have to understand the larger system as a whole, and that's really where that industry part comes in so that you can understand the points of failure. And, and sometimes it's hardware, sometimes it's code, sometimes it's a combination of both. But in, unless you have that knowledge, you're really going to struggle. And, and that's ultimately, and I'm sure you've all seen this, folks that put an emphasis on training are generally more successful than others who don't. And, and I don't have numbers today to back that up, but I just know that the calls I take are not from certified people. The calls I take are not from people with CTS after their name and things like that. For most uh, training-related issues that we've got, they seem to be foundational, and, and it's a, a clear sign that we're lacking in that area in a couple of uh, points in the marketplace, and those are the most vocal because they're the most visible. Whenever you have a train wreck, uh, it's pretty visible, and so you start to dissect it and want to see how to solve it, and a lot of it comes back to training. So I, I would just say that that industry part, we really appreciate what Infocom and Cedia and the other organizations are doing. I just want to increase access to it, and, and so to Jeff's point, that's why we had to really kind of put it out there, our own little entry-level uh, bit, just to make sure that people had access to it when they needed it. Yeah, just for the record, this this CTS has called tech support more than once, and I, I'm not ashamed to say that I have. So, but I would tell you that call went a lot smoother because you had diagnosed yeah. it and you gave a lot of helpful information, uh, rather than I showed up with a USB stick. What do I do? <laughs> now no, what do I, I do? didn't. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's I've done this, 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 and this, and this. What do I do now? You know, it's yeah. it's you know. Uh, and that's an informed caller, right? I mean, that's yeah. all we could ever ask for instead of the – and Jeff laughs too because we all get this. I showed up at the job site with a USB stick. What do I do? Now what? Yeah. Do you have a computer? I, no. I think I'll – I don't have a computer, yeah. I don't have a computer. I'm just going to magically make this happen. and I can just plug this USB stick right into the processor, right, and it'll load up and start working. So, uh, Rich, one of the things that, that, that Jeff kind of alluded to is the fact that, that you know, not for nothing. Steve is in New Jersey. He's you know with you know a, a you know good drive from from Crestron's uh, main headquarters. I'm just you know a couple hours, you know, four hours away from the Chicago office. If you're in uh, Richardson or anywhere in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you're you're somewhere around AMX. You're in San Francisco, brother. <laughs> you know you you are fairly removed from 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 you know the the central and eastern time zones. What do you need? Uh, from manufacturers, right? Uh, yes, they, they, they both have, and, and, and Extron and the other ones have, have regional offices. Um, but what is it that you need from, you know, the, the folks that, not just you, but guys that are in Idaho and, you know, Ohio and, and Wyoming and other, other areas where their locations are not, what do you need as far as training and support? Well, I think that, um, you know, Chris was, and, and, and you guys were bringing it up, is that it's, it's, you know, training is important, and access to training is important. And I mean, I remember twenty something odd years ago when the, um, you know, when Crestron West opened up. You know, I mean, that was huge. It was like you know, leaving the mothership and actually <laughs> trying to open something up that was in our time zone. Uh, because yeah, I mean, you you know, you get to about you know two o'clock Pacific time, yes. and you know, nothing like trial by fire. It's like, you know, you are, you're doing it on your own. I also remember when AMX, you know, when, when they first started opening up the support teams and, you know, the early AMX West team, um, you know, this is going back to the mid nineties, you know, early mid nineties, 93, 94, somewhere around there. And all of a sudden you could, you know, make a call at four o'clock, you know, on West coast time. And, and there was some support there from a training standpoint. I think what's happened is that 
and I've said this over and over, is that as an industry, we're maturing. And what's happening, because we're maturing, there's also some fragmentation that's occurring as well. Um, in the old days, you know, it, it was just you had to be a jack of all trades. There, there was just no other way to do it because the automation and the control layer was still so new, you were kind of barreling your way in, and you only had so many connections to deal with. You were still dealing with the, the physical side of things that you were troubleshooting. As the net, as as the industry has matured, as the technology has matured, we're not dealing with physical devices as much anymore. We're dealing with data. And that's a completely different way of approaching it. And what's happening, and I feel, is that it's requiring systems programmers and, and companies that focus on system programming, apart from integrators, to really be more cross-trained um, than ever before. Um, because you you have to focus on so many other things than just the object you're controlling. Just you know the the device that says Crestron or AMX on it is only one part of the puzzle, right? You know there's there's your device and you can say okay this device works or it doesn't when I plug it in and there's the tools there, but you're then expanding beyond it. So you know wh what what helps and and as an example I I couldn't make masters. You know I, my schedule you know again being on the West Coast couldn't make it. Just wasn't going to happen and I had to make a decision to it. What I will say, though, that's great, is that after Masters ended, um, you could go onto the website and log in, and under you know the the certified status, there was the information available. So even though I couldn't make it there, which you know, just from the fraternity and being able to ask a question directly, and, and like Jeff was saying, being able to sit down with a design engineer and say, hey, look, this happened to me, this didn't happen to me, why did this decision happen, and being able to get you know a yes or no and and working through. But, you know, the fact is now, especially with high-speed Internet, and really, you know, what does it mean? It's leveraging high-speed Internet, leveraging the technology, leveraging all of the, you know, we're, we're companies who deal in distance learning applications, right? You know, on the commercial side. So maybe we ought to hire some professionals to kind of leverage that part of it too. And we're seeing that. We're starting to see the inklings of it. Um, like what Chris was saying is, you know, some prerequisites to be able to to flatten the the, the playing field. Yeah, I mean, you don't send somebody to Bob Bondurant Racing School who doesn't have their driver's license yet, right? But that's the equivalent of what was happening. I mean, you were just throwing them in there and saying, go as fast as you can and see what can happen. Um, so as we now have almost a quarter of a century of experience beneath us now in this industry, we can now look and say, all right, these are the things we suck at. So let's focus on fixing that, finding ways to bring new blood into the industry without burning them out, without a, you know, trial by fire. I mean, because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, still in this industry, part of it is, you know, you, you, you throw the, you throw the baby in the, you know, was the, the apparel, they, they throw it in the water, and if it swims, it lives, and if it doesn't, oh well, you know, go get another one. And that's kind of really how we've been treating the industry. Um, and I think that as we're trying to bring in people from high school, people from, you know, trade schools or anything else. It's our responsibility. It's our professional responsibility to educate them and not browbeat them because they don't know. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there, there, you've got to be able to raise the level. Um, and I think that right now the technology is given that opportunity. And, and people learn at different rates. I mean, I'm married to a teacher. And if anything that I've learned is that people learn differently, right? Um, and what works for somebody who's a fantastic coder and, works with things on more of an abstract level may not have the bare bones, you know, kind of nuts and bolts approach to things. So the ability for flexibility of learning, the ability for 
uh, schedules. You know, again, we, we're all still in business. We all still have projects. And, you know, when you have enough time and definitely you make it to training, but there's also the reality of that sometimes you got to pick your poison. Um, so expanding the breadth of the opportunities available um, so that people can get in and still have access to the information without penalizing them because they couldn't jump on a plane and make a five-hour flight. Um, that That's really where where my feelings uh, go to. As, as somebody who, I mean, I used to say, and one yeah. of the, the key initiatives that we're focusing on this year is is really anywhere, anytime, any device. Uh, so to your point, Rich, folks might be behind a rack all day and can't make it to a class. Well, you know, are there night school options for that? You know, the ability for me to just simply time shift an instructor is a lot easier, uh, especially when you incorporate distance learning uh, so folks can remote into your classroom. One of the challenges we have is freighting gear around everywhere. Well, if you can just remote in like we're doing here today uh, to my classroom, you still have access to all the gear. It's not the 100% same experience as getting someone into the classroom, but it's pretty close. Uh, and, and so time shifting is a huge thing. Putting that content out there for you so that if it is 2 in the morning and you need to figure out how to transfer firmware to this new device you've never seen before, I can search for a five-minute video and find that. Uh, those are all hugely important things. They don't all exist today. A lot of that takes effort and content to be created, but there's definitely a trajectory to get there, and, and I know that that's a huge focus item for us, I'm sure for others in the industry as well. Um, but for us specifically right now, we're doing distance learning, uh, and, and that's allowing folks to not have to travel. Uh, in the near future, we'll be time shifting it to where we can offer some off-hour stuff so that Rich on the West Coast can go to a class. And you know, it might string, string it out a little bit longer, uh, but I think a lot of people are willing to do that as opposed to not going to training at all. I think generally everyone wants to be better at their job. Uh, they just don't always have the option to go to training. So from a training department, anything that we can do to make it easier to consume and uh, obtain training material is what we really are focused on. Down with the East Coast bias. Down with the East Coast oh, bias. Hey. <laughs> hey, we have an office in San Rafael. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start an East Coast, West Coast war all over again. Uh, <laughs> Steve, from, from uh, what does what does um, groups like Infocom groups, organizations like Infocom and Cedia, how do they fit into this into this scenario of of, of you know making sure that that people keep up on training? So uh, I think Chris touched on it a little bit. Uh, earlier about the fact that they, they provide the baseline. So the, the CTS, you know, basically a CTS, it, 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 in my opinion, it, is basically, it identifies the fact that you know the cursory knowledge uh, and, and general information about the industry and, and you're, you've made the commitment to be a, a member of the industry. And what they require is that you keep up your certification by taking classes that pertain to your area of expertise and those could be offered at, at uh, a trade show, they could be done off online and which is really what, what helps us in a big way is we get credits for going to manufacturers training like, uh, like, like AMX classes or Crestron Masters or, or even any of the, the uh, unrelated classes that, that the manufacturers offer. Some of them offer air, uh, classes in a specific, specific product or, or area of uh, technology. So uh, it, it, it's, you, know, it, you get a, a double benefit. Basically, you, know, you, you get to learn about what you need to know, plus you're also now keeping up your, your CTS. So, um, plus, uh, in a, what, what it, for, for people who are uh, are looking to to get more involved in a particular area, and, and you know, and I could speak mostly from the commercial side. 
Infocom provides a design uh, certification and an install certification, and maybe down the road something along the lines of a network or programming. You know, that, that's something we've always pushed for and wanted to to be able to to have so we could hang our hat on. It's just putting together that knowledge base that is uh, something that that isn't related to a particular manufacturer. Uh, but but it, it would be a nice thing to have, and you know we all, we've talked so many times on this show about the fact that the training is the key for us to bring in new people into the industry. So so anything like that is going to be a, a, some benefit for us to to be able to grow any type of company an integration firm, a consulting firm, a, a programming firm. But but we all have agreed that we need to bring more people into this industry. Let's talk about certification for a second, and we'll 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 hit the the manufacturers first, and then we'll get you know Rich and, and Steve on that. How important are our certifications? Not just for obviously maintaining a, a database of, of who who knows your stuff, uh, but also you know of of you know dealing with certain products. I mean, there are, there are not for nothing, but both of you know both of you and, and other manufacturers well have have got some pretty complicated things, um, you know. Is that valuable when it comes to you know making sure that this person or this company or this this dealer has a certain level of, of programmer? Jeff, we'll start with you. How how important is certification to crash oh, I think I think it's extremely important. Uh, I mean, it started. I mean, I've always you know believed in this. I mean, being an electrical engineer of going through getting my degree, not just picking up you know random knowledge along the way, but actually finishing everything out so you know uh, we have our whole certification program with you know entrance exams to make sure people are learning along the way and they just because you're a certified programmer or you're an engineer it doesn't mean you're the best in your field but it just means you, you know you've passed your driver's test we, we know you've been taught the the proper things to do and hopefully you follow them along so uh, you know we, we think the whole certification program um, is is extremely important. We put a lot into it. Um, unfortunately, with that, it also means you have to say no a lot of times. Whereas, because not everyone can pass and not everyone can make it, and I, I think until I, I I came on and took this over, I don't have a problem with not everybody passes. You know, like uh, sometimes with the public uh, school system, you hear that. All right, okay, explain. Oh, strike a nerve. <laughs> yeah, explain that because here's the thing. This, it, it, I'm not. Uh, flashback. Well, yeah, I, yes, I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I hope I'm not spilling any beans. I, I may be. You know, and you can you can slap me around. Uh, but but integrators have to pay to go to class, right? I mean, it, yeah. it costs money. Um, how, how does that exactly fly <laughs> when, you know, I'm, I'm the head, take it, I'm, I'm, I'm the director of operations for Innovet, right? If I send somebody to class and, and I've paid out, you know, however many dollars it's taken, I fully expect that person to pass. How do you, how do you relay that? Well, good, good, because you're the ones I want to hear from because there's other things that we want to do. And, and again, I don't know if, uh, Chris, you're starting any of this or possibly in there, but of like the entrance exam. Did you just give you know the next guy in line a laptop and say, hey, you're my new programmer? Because you may or may not. I mean, like I know Steve knows what it takes to be a programmer on it. I don't know if you do. Um, you know, and, and by you, I mean you oh, know, yeah. the, 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 the operations guy on there. So you know, we have entrance exams. And I mean, when I first put them in, you thought I like, you know, cut limbs off of these people like how could you and, and I heard it from our own salespeople you're making it difficult for my dealers I'm like no 
I'm, I actually want to make it better for the dealers because, again, this was at a master's class when listening to you know, guys like Steve saying, hey, I'm going to send my guy in for training. How do you know that they're ready and they're going to get the most out of it? Because it is a big investment on your part that, you know, if are you sending them down the street or you're putting them on an airplane? I want to make sure that you know you're sending the right guy and that guy is ready for it. You know, you know, Chris was alluding to it like he doesn't know what, you know, speaker level is or line level. It's like, OK, you're going to have a real problem in this class. Yeah. So the idea is putting in the, ent- uh, the uh, entrance exams is if you've got a problem fighting to get into the entrance exam, God forbid, if you came to this class, you would have had a real bad time. You would have had a bad time. You would have gone back. You know, Crestron sucks. None of your stuff works. And but, you know, the whole thing, you now just paid for them for three, four days, whatever it is, plus airfare and everything to get there. And now you get a bad taste in your mouth. So we want you as the business owner to know you're sending the right guy to, to come through there. And unfortunately, I mean, not everyone's a programmer. I mean, my, my youngest son, he went for computer science. And when he said he wanted to do that, my heart sank because I know how many people look to go for computer science and then drop out to something else because it's not everyone's a programmer. You know. I think there's two sides to the certification discussion. Uh, there's, as a business owner, why do I need certified people? Uh, I, I want to have the plaque on the wall or the certificate that says I'm a differentiator uh, in the marketplace. I've you know, received their seal of approval, uh, and you should pick us because we know what we're doing maybe more than the person who doesn't. Um, as a manufacturer, we spent probably a huge part of uh, our trainer conference last year defining what it means to be certified. And, and so I, I stepped back to other things in our daily life that we hear the term certified for. And, and so a, a common easy one is, is think of used cars, right? So if you have a high-end certified used car, as a buyer, what does that mean to you? And so I generally would equate that to some type of warranty, some type of guarantee of of performance. And so there's no different when you apply it to a a control manufacturer. When we say this is a certified individual, uh, and to Jeff's point, we stick that person back in the field, that certification needs to mean something. As a business owner, if you didn't pass the test, if if my employee was unable to pass the certification exam, at least I know what to expect from him in the field. But I think, hey, John is a great programmer. That's awesome, but is he costing me money in the field because he might be not following best practices or, or might not be following the manufacturer suggestions? And so as a result, I have the ability, when the certification means something, because that, that's important, you've got to start there. If it doesn't mean anything and it's a thanks for coming award, then as a business owner, now I have a false sense of security that, yeah. hey, you know, manufacturer, you said he yeah. was qualified, <laughs> you said he was certified, and now we're losing money because he doesn't have a clue in the field. All right, so that's the the negative side of what could happen if it didn't mean anything. And and so we're trying to put those roadblocks in place, and and I know that Jeff is doing the same thing, to to really make it mean something so that when you do spend the money to go to training, uh, it's worth it. And so, you know, for us, we put that figure at about 5,000 a week per employee. And where that comes from is we don't charge for our class. So for a dealer partner to come to class, that part's free. That's not the whole part of the equation. Uh, There's the airfare. The hotel, meals, uh, there's also lost productivity where I, I lose billable hours. Mm-hmm. And so we really think if you put all that together, you get about $5,000 ahead for the week. So am I getting a commiserate return on investment for that when he comes back from training? Um, that's certainly my charge, and I, I know that it's very important that we're able to go back and say when that person has passed a certification, it means these things. And, and usually we define them in, in terms of out, 
outcomes and skill set capabilities that this person should be able to do X, Y, and Z. And, and to Jeff's point, again, it doesn't make them the best programmer in the world or the best installer in the world, but it says they can perform these minimal tasks that you need to be successful in the field and, and make yourself financially viable. Because if not, then you're going to be out there quoting what you think it should take and then finding out very soon from your operations manager what it really took in terms of time and you're going to find that you're not really getting profitable in your jobs. So it's not to say that every certified person becomes profitable, but it certainly means the opposite, to where every uncertified person is most likely not doing things as efficiently as possible and not necessarily by the manufacturer's suggestions. And it, as Steve mentioned it earlier, I want to bring up the, the renewal part. I, I know that we're renewing certifications once a year. Um, the fact of the matter is we release product at three major shows a year. Yeah. That's new products, new firmwares, new everything that you need to stay up with. I saw a post recently from an individual who said, I, I had on those test questions, Chris, that you asked me to do for the, that core stuff, you were asking about products we don't even sell. Well, that's interesting because I'm asking about the most common products we sell in, in high volume, right? So if the most common product is not what you're selling, it tells me you're probably stuck in a very old control-only mentality and that's all you're doing and you're not continuing on. So if you were to see a new product in the field, yet you still had the banner that said you're certified, does that really equate, right? We run into a jeopardy here where yep. your certification has to stay current with the product and the, the methods that are being used that are ever evolving, right? They're constantly changing. And that's why this renewed continuing education is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one Definitely thing I'll throw great. out is, you know, the idea can, can training and certification also apply to, to different levels of uh, of uh, positions, I guess, within a company. So somebody that's moved up into management of programming, should they need to know different skill set than the actual programmer? I'll talk about myself, for example. You know, I don't, I, I, I haven't programmed, believe it or not, in a couple of years. Um, but I still would like to learn, and I still would like to be certified in the knowledge that I need to do to do my job, to be able to to manage my team or talk to customers, and is that, is that something that, that's being considered? I, I think it's absolutely being considered in terms of, yeah. sorry to step over you, Jeff. Uh, in terms of you as a manager understanding what your people are doing and what they're expected to do so that when you put a project in front of them, you understand the intricacies that are involved and can communicate them on a totally different level uh, than you would if you didn't understand their world. Uh, and so are you asking, uh, as a manufacturer, are we putting together that more business manager related training. Yeah, yeah. and and is there? Do you guys see it, foresee a need for that? Because I I think that there is a little bit of a void, uh, and and some place where somebody who needs to know they don't need to know what a programmer needs to know, but they need to know what a pro what what, what the, the the general idea of the products and and the right. pieces and be able well, to communicate with it's the almost it's almost like a consultant type type. Uh, design course. Right. And I, one that we're planning at the moment is, is we've got to get past product and we've got to get past systems implementation curriculum. But it, it'll be classified as, as almost a sales training, but it is higher level than, than you would expect uh, in, in terms of the ability to convey that message, understand what all the boxes do and where they fit. To have a working knowledge, right now we're so focused in the weeds, and I'll use myself as an example, I, I think we focus heavily on product-specific training um, that it, it's hard to, to come up and, and find bandwidth to do the more overview-type material. 
I certainly recognize it as a need, and we've been communicating it around our team internally uh, to find a way to, to schedule that and, and really roadmap that out. Um, but I absolutely see it as a complementary piece to the to the entire offering, where we look at the product for the person that's dealing with it at a very specific technical level. But then, as a system designer, you're right. Uh, with Tim, what you mentioned, it's more of a system designer consultant kind of a thing. Well, we have design training. I think most manufacturers have how to design a system in their world. Uh, but there almost needs to be a higher level than that, that that says, okay, you don't need to know the SKUs and the part numbers, but let's talk conceptually. When we talk about enterprise network media, here are the considerations. When we talk about network security, here's some considerations. And so it's almost a higher level than any of us have really gotten to before. And, and just really, it's a bandwidth issue, I know, on our part at the moment to make it happen. But we definitely have it on the plan. All right, Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, this last Masters, we um... – we started some of that, Steve, if you remember, that uh, you know we had about this whole thing about using uh, simple sharp and what it means. So we had the, the John Leggy general overview as to you as a bit, because again, this is like thinking of someone like yourself as the business owner that what does this really mean to me? Do I need to now learn a whole new tool? Do I need to get all new people? What does it mean? What can it do? Then we offered the, okay, now you're the programmer, open up your laptop and your head's going to explode because now you got to learn how to do it. And I don't know if you sent anyone to those classes, but you heard them, you know, when they were talking about, and, and that was really done on purpose so that you as the business owner, and as you know, some of the other guys, you know, the Bob Horns of the world that, you know, they're, you were the hardcore programmers then, but now you've you know elevated yourself up to be now the business owner of you have to understand what this means to you because I'm, I'll get calls, say, from someone like yourself or Bob and say, hey, do I got to go learn C Sharp? Or, sure. you know, what does this mean to me? Um, and that was the idea behind that everyone knows and gets this whole new thing that's coming out there. This is what's coming. This is what we're doing. This is the beauty of it and all. Yes, there's going to be an investment on your part. Are you going to go? Because in some cases you saw, you know, the business owner, he's doing everything he's going. Or you're telling, you know, hey, you know, Jeff or whoever you, you got to go to this class and you got to learn how to do this because you got to make us successful by doing it. And so, uh, you know, we, we started, you know, uh, that kind of concept in this first master's. And, we, you know, we already had up in New Jersey our, our good, bad and ugly about, you know, ab about the whole program of what worked, what didn't work and all. And what also came out of it was uh, we want to do more stuff like that. Um, we also want to do more stuff along the lines of networking, you know, you know, um, not entry level networking, but more of a, uh, a, a middle intermediate networking and then really a more advanced networking and security, because especially in the corporate world, it's becoming more and more important that, you know, the whole idea of uh, backnet of, of how to, you know, how do you do something like that? How do you, how do you take advantage of it? You, you as a business owner, you come to a job and they say, oh, you need to know backnet or this BMS system and all like that. And, and some of you are like, you know, cause you know, you're, you're up on it and you know all that. The guy sitting next to you are going like, I've never heard of that before. What is that? You sure. know, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've sat at, you know, master's class last year and uh, there were new guys that were there and, you know, they heard about like reentrancy and all. I'm like, is he making that stuff up? I'm like, no, he's not no. making it up. This is really important. You got to pay attention, you know, and, and again, so like you say, you know, we, we're using that certification as a level, but as we move forward and uh, that, that whole idea, and I hope you like the idea. I didn't look at your survey uh, response of how you liked it or not, but um you know, of this being able to pick and choose what makes sense for you, more of project management stuff, you know, these whole things when we bring Rich in uh, from a cow, you know, doing this, you know, uh, remote session here as to, it's more important for you to understand how do you 
how do you do and scale this you know super huge um, project and then you've got the guys that are actually going to program it. how are you going to be you know you need to know all the levels of it but you don't need to be the person that does everything you know you need right. to know the top level someone does the other stuff so we're, we're we see that as a need and again a lot of it you know to Chris a lot of it is bandwidth sure you know, we've sure. got a lot of stuff you know and again a lot of that stuff is again it's for the industry it's not whether you know you're going to program in Crestron or AMX or whoever you know it's it's industry of of getting them and teaching them you know that that whole of how this stuff works and plays together because a lot of them don't know they didn't go to school for it or you know or maybe it'll pique an interest and then they will go back and and learn more yeah. so uh, right. I, you know. I certainly don't envy your position in, in that and you know I just just wanted to uh, to pass along the the fact that you know as in the position that you're in when when you're when you're not doing it every day uh, there, there is a certain amount of learning that, that you need to stay fresh yes. on, certainly. Yeah. And you know, and I, I don't want to become somebody who my team doesn't uh, respect in terms of talking to our customers. You know, I want to be able to to know what they need to know, just not at the at, at the real detailed level that they know it. Exactly. Yeah. Rich, Sounds uh, like, you uh, know, uh, we're going to create the was it the the Breakfast Club of programmers, right? You know, the the Zoolander programming school of kids who don't read too good or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Rich, I, I want to bring you on this because I want to take uh, what because I can't read. Is that what you're saying? Yes, because you can't read your <laughs> California school system. Um, but from a, a, an integrator and from a, a programmer's standpoint and a business owner standpoint, what responsibility do your employees have? to put forth their best effort. I mean, Jeff and, and, and Chris both ca- talked about the entrance exams and making sure that from the, the from their point of view, your programmer is ready. What responsibility do they have as your employee <laughs> to understand, look, you know, Rich is putting out, you know, some, some money, whether or not the class cost, you know, like 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 Chris said, you know, five six thousand dollars a week for that person to be off the job, you know, not exactly making you money, but you're still putting out all this this effort. What what uh, what responsibility do do they bear? Well, I, I think Jeff had brought up a, a great point, which is, you know, not everybody's going to pass, and and business business isn't you know you don't you don't get participatory medals in business necessarily, yeah. and and when you're hiring somebody. You know, you have some certain prerequisites. I mean, and, and part of it is as an employer and, and as an employee is, um, you know, are you showing significant growth? Are you showing the ability to master? Are you, you know, some people are happy where they're at. Some people are looking to um, you know, earn more or get more responsibility or, you know, ascend in the, in, in the ranks within a company. And so you need some form of metrics, you know. I mean, it's like anything else. You, you, you just can't you know, qualifiably say, okay, yeah, I think you're ready or you're doing a great job. Sometimes you need to be able to say, look, if you want to take this next step, say you're an entry-level programmer, we've designated you as step one. You know, you're an intern or an entry-level programmer, and here's your hourly rate, and this is what you get based on the competency that you're showing right now. And, you know, I, you know and we've done it several times. I mean, I've, I've had it with, you know, in other companies I've had where, you know, we were grooming people up to, you know, replace me. Um, and it would be a matter of saying, okay, now the, you know you're telling me basically in your work goals, because hopefully you're sitting with your employees at some point and saying, hey, you've been here for a couple of months. What do you see yourself doing? What would you like to do? You know, and working with passions. And I mean, and again, going to the West Coast vibe again, man. I just, you know, you gotta. Uh, I'm gotta a big follow, fan of passions and goals. Absolutely. All, all so your you're, I'm with you on that. But but it, I mean, you gotta like what you do. 
you know, and at the same time, you got to educate yourself. And so it becomes a matter of saying, okay, if you want to take this next step and become an associate programmer or a senior programmer, here are the, here are the minimums that you have to reach. And if this is your salary goal or your vacation goal or all of these things, here is what we expect of you. And we're going to give you X amount of time to reach those. And if you need help, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. But Again, I mean, it's I'm I'm paying for this, you know. I'm 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 you know I'm signing your paycheck, and so my goal, hopefully, is that whoever is um, going to be working with the company and partnering with me and supporting the company and supporting themselves, um, th there needs to be the ability for them to be able to show um, at least different steps in their growth potential, you know, and, and their growth. And some might top out, some might have huge amounts of potential, some might move from programming to the management side or the design side or, you know, field engineering. I mean, there's all of these things in this industry that you can do. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it, it is kind of like college. You know, what you start out thinking what you want to do and what you think you're good at isn't necessarily what you wind up having the aptitude for. But you have to build that that framework, that foundation to be able to say, hey, this is the stuff I'm really good at. This is the stuff I'm not great at. Let's focus here. So my view to, you know, kind of to shorten it up is from a training standpoint and, and for, for paying for somebody is to be able to say, look, if you want to grow in this industry, if you want to increase your earning potential and your responsibility and your longevity in the career, then here are the things that I'm putting out for you to do. You know, I, I, I can't make somebody train. I mean, there's, I mean, there's certain legalities of, you know, you know, I can't just fire somebody just because I feel like it necessarily. You know, I mean, I, I need to provide a, a, a a positive working environment for them. And I, and I think it's like anything else. It's like, you know, you invest in your people, and typically your people will appreciate it, but but you've got to give them the ability to to grow, and, and, and training and certification is definitely part of that. At least it gives me some metrics to work with when they come in the next year and say, hey, I want to raise. Okay, let's talk about this. You know, what have you done? Well, I did this, 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 and this. Okay, you've you you know you've absolutely stated your case on why you should get an increase in responsibility and pay and taking the next step. Or if we sit down with somebody and say, well, I did this, and I find out that they got sent to the programming breakfast club three times. <laughs> you, know? Uh, um, you know, I'm like, well, you know, maybe you're not ready yet. Let's 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 consider this and let's let's take a look at at what is going to work for you. So, you know, some sometimes it's it's tough. Because, you know, you want the best for your employees, but at the same time, like you said, not everybody's going to pass. And so you need to at least have some objective tools to be able to 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 weigh and measure things. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, as we wrap up here, I'm going to ask, um, I don't know if it's a difficult question or not, but it's uh, an interesting one at least. Uh, Chris and, and and then Jeff, um, as as the people who, who kind of head up your, your uh, respective uh, manufacturer's education What's your number one job? What What is your, you know, maybe I'm not asking what's on your job description and knowledge, but as an educator for the industry, what is your number one job, Chris? Our number one focus is student experience. And I know that it's not really in the same vein as, as what your question is, but I'll tell you that's, that's my charge. And, and so everything that we do is about the student experience, removing friction, uh, helping them do better at their job. Uh, you know, ultimately, like I said earlier, I think everyone wants to do a good job and they want to get better at what they do to make them faster and more profitable. Uh, but in terms of the programs we're laying out and the different initiatives that we have underway, it's all about the student initiative uh, and the student experience. And, and so whether it's how you're greeted when you walk in the building, it's the access to the equipment that you have in the room or the resources that we surround you with uh, in and outside of the classroom. To me, at the end of the day, that's what it goes to. 
All right. Jeff, what, what's your no, number one job? Uh, mine is, I think, is to educate everyone in the industry. You know, I mean, uh, ho hopefully they would, uh, you know, start with Crestron, stay with Crestron, and obviously they, uh, again, will go to other manufacturers as well. But, uh, you know, with some of the stuff that, you know, Chris is working on also is, is to take down those roadblocks. You know, I mean, I, I know when someone uh, submits an entrance exam at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning on Easter Sunday, um, on it. So I don't want to say, well, you know, if you're not in between nine and five, you're probably not working on our stuff. And I know that's absolutely not the case. So, you know, try to make stuff available, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, if you're in the West Coast or in the Midwest or on the East Coast, you know, don't know, don't care. Make the information available to them to learn. And, you know, and, and, and also, you know, have, have a good experience doing it because it, it's important. I mean, I really like what I'm doing. I mean, as all of you can probably attest to, uh, you're dropping it very stressful sometimes. And, and it's like, you know, you sit back and like, why do, why do I do this? And well, because it's seven days a week and a lot of hours, but you know, I really do like what I do, and and, and I believe in what I'm doing and the company I'm working for, and that's why I've been here for so long on it. And I want others to feel that because when I hear someone doesn't like their job or they don't like what they're doing, it's like I, I just want to help them find find that you know happy place for them because if you know you're working, you got to do something. You know, hopefully you'll have a good experience doing it. And uh, we hope you have a good experience through Crestron doing it uh, or even you know, one of the other manufacturers because it, it, it's a great industry. I mean, you know, from all the people that, that are in there like you guys and, 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 and other acquaintances and everything that we've met along the way, how many husbands and wives are now husbands and wives because they met somewhere along in the AV industry and, uh, you know, they go way back, you know, so you know people that, you know, you're not even sure what company they work for at this point because they've moved around, but, you know, you've been able to make those ties. And I think that's important. You know, to just make a, a better overall industry for everybody to uh, that we can all play in, because there's there's plenty of room, there's plenty of money to be made by everybody. You know, so. Um, Amen. I'll leave yeah. it at that. Absolutely, I like that. All right, well, that's that's a good place to end. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much, Mr. Uh, Mr. Rich Fergosa. Thank you, sir, for for joining us. Thank you very much. It's always awesome, and, and uh, I appreciate the the spirited discourse. I wanted to point out for those of you watching, for those of you not watching on video, and those of you who didn't notice, Mr. Fergosa uh, has a copy of Star Wars, the Blu-ray set, uh, in the, over his his left shoulder. I so, am I am preparing to for that. immerse my five-year-old son Good in, for the, you. in the trilogy center. <laughs> I was trying to hold out. I, I it was it, 1977. I was seven years old, but um, the the Disney push has accelerated my my timeline. So, good. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, how can people find you, sir? You can find me on the interwebs, uh, Twitter, at rfragosa, um, the website, fragosadesign.com. Um, you know, type up my name, and every once in a while something shows up. I know that two case studies uh, with a, a good friend of mine have shown up on the Crestron website, so Very we're having... Cool. We're having some fun with that in the residential sphere. Uh, and other than that, uh, you know, obviously follow us here and uh, come Cedia time on CEPro.com. Yay, Cedia. That's in uh, Dallas in October. So. Dallas in October. Very cool. Yep. Uh, Jeff Ashechik, uh from Crestron. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, where can people find more about you or, or Crestron? Uh, with the Crestron website is uh, the best place to find everyone. If not, uh, my email is first initial last name at Crestron.com. So if you have any training questions, comments, concerns, um, you know whether reaching out to your local sales rep if you have one, or the local office, or uh, myself directly, you know, well, uh, someone will get back to you with it. 
All right, very good, thank you. Uh, also is Mr. Chris Beckus uh, from AMX. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, and where can people, there you go, right there, if you're watching video, there's his email. Uh, where can people find you? Um, pretty much just like Rich, kind of all over the interweb. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. If you want to shoot me an email, it's first.last at harman.com. Uh, if you're looking for training-specific stuff, just amx.com slash training, and we'll be happy to help. All right, very good. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Mr. Stream Greenblatt from Control Concepts. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, always a pleasure. Another great episode. A uh, um, couple, couple of things just to throw out in, in the, the uh, whole spirit of training. Uh, next uh, Wednesday, if you're listening this, to this in real time, June 3rd, uh, Infocom is doing a webinar on modern approaches to control systems, which uh, Tim and I both uh, contributed to the white paper, and uh, I'll be presenting there. I believe it's at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the, apparently, it's a good turnout. Uh, so that that's something to check out and to, to learn about. It's, we just did a rehearsal today. It looks like it'll be real good. And uh, doing something special with a friend and associate, Mark Lavecchia at uh, Infocom. Uh, uh, we, we put together a group of technology managers that we call Tech Talk, and we're, we're doing an event on Tuesday the 17th, I think it is, the, yep. the night before Infocom starts. And uh, Reach out at, at techtalkav.com slash events if you want to get more information. I'd love to have uh, technology managers join us. And uh, if you want to reach me personally, I'm at, at Steve Greenblatt and our company website, controlconcepts.net. Sorry for the long uh, No, no, no. Promo. And that's actually the second annual uh, Tech Talk there at Infocom. So It is. It is. And it uh, should be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. it as, a, as a former tech manager myself, I'm... I'm I am very excited about what Steve and, and Mark are doing with it. It's it's a great resource for tech managers, uh, whether you've been in the industry a long time or you're you're just getting your feet wet. So it's a really great resource. So yeah, check that out if you would. And if you're in town nice. on Tuesday, go check that out. So, uh, all right. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Uh, don't follow me, uh, but go by the website if you would please. Aviation.tv. Aviation.tv. Uh, you can find this program and a host of others. Uh, we've had a, a social show, a, a live events and staging show, an education-focused show, um, all kinds of stuff. Some really cool things coming down the pipeline. We've got um, the guys are working on a, a brand-new website. I'm hoping, um, and they're telling me, it will be done before Infocom. Um, so we'll, that'll be exciting. Speaking of Infocom, if you're, if you're there, come by the, the, the booth, booth 6667. Uh, we'll be doing a couple shows. We'll be doing giveaways and stuff like that. Uh, we'll be doing a live version of our weekly roundup uh, AV week on uh, Friday of the show between 2 and 4, um, as luck will have it. And I do say luck because I am not smart enough to plan it. It will be episode 200 of that very program, so that'll be kind of cool. Uh, also, we have our Tweet Up, which is our, our yearly uh, AV Tweeps Tweet Up. It's a, it's a networking event, uh, free food and drink from 4 to 6. Uh, in room W23A. So yeah, check all that out. Uh, but go by the website. That's where you can find all that stuff. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been a state of control. Mm -hmm.